Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are tuned in to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. You know, I've, I've really, I've really been thinking about the will of God and how important it is for us as Christians to walk in the will of God for our life. And, and I believe that we have, we, most Bible believing Christians at least have a basic understanding of God's will for their life from a basic standpoint. Things like, hey man, we're called to love our neighbors, even as we love ourselves. We're called to preach the gospel and make disciples. We're we're called to pray for and love our enemies and pray for them that despitefully use us. Like I believe we understand from a general standpoint, but I believe that there are times where we in our walk where we go through seasons where we need specific direction specifically tailored to our our lives you know what i'm saying like man i know the general stuff but man am am i supposed to go back to school or am i in the right career or am i actually using my gifts and talents the way that i'm supposed to be using them you know and different things like that and so i really I really began to just think about the will of God and how a lot of times the will of God will lead us um, to do things that we weren't even initially planning to, to do. Like, and, I, and, and I've been reflecting a lot, like just in this past year in 2018, this has been a year, and, and I don't know about you, but for, for me and my family, this has been a year of ups and downs and in, in like extreme challenges, like seasons of like, God, okay, where are you? Or, or God, I know you're with us, but I have no idea what you're doing right now. <laughs> like, like I'm just trusting you. It's like a completely blind faith. Like, Hey God, I know that you're going to make a way out of no way, but I'll say this throughout the whole process. God has always shown himself strong he's all his grace has has always been enough it's always been sufficient and so as i as i begin to think these in these past two weeks about the will of god and how it will lead you places that you weren't even thinking about this radio show comes to mind because i wasn't even planning to do a radio show like I I really it really wasn't in the plan like I was content working my business working on my solo project which was hey that was the goal what I really wanted to focus on this year and and to really start game planning for Path of Revelations next project and next move and so the radio show wasn't even on the radar it wasn't even something that I was had really ever entertained but I'll say the last in the last four to five months you know I I really felt the leading of the Lord through prayer consecration and and counsel solid counsel I really believe that this was something that the Lord was leading me to do and I've seen I've seen the fruit of it and so it's, it's made me think like man how how important is the will of God for us? How important is it for us to stay in God's will? Not just get in and then hop out, but how important is it for us to be seeking and, and walking in God's will for our life? And so I begin to think like, man, how do we know God's will? What is the key for us to know God's will in our life? I always get this question, well, Gabe, you know, I'm saved, but how do I really know what what God wants me to do. And one of the first things, you know, because I was asked, you know, I I talked about this recently in a small group Bible study um, that I was a part of a couple of weeks ago. And one of the, the points that was brought up was like, you know what, sometimes it's just not clear. Sometimes you're following, you're just following the leading of the Lord, not knowing where you're going. And, and we as humans, we have a tendency to want to know everything like, OK, you know, nobody gets in the car and just starts driving and not know where, know, 
and, and have no idea where they're going. Like you either put the your final destination in the GPS and you're, you know, uh, or, or, or you have an idea of where you're going. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? Even as I think about the analogy with the GPS, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When I think about the, the destination of the GPS, sometimes you can actually know where you're going. You just don't know the roads that you're going to have to take to get there. And that's that's sometimes how the will of God is. We, we can understand the end result, but we don't we don't know the in between. We're just trusting the GPS because we know the GPS is going to do its job. And so that's how it is with God sometimes. But I always get the question, Gabe, how do I know the will of God for my life? And and I think it's important before I hop into this to understand that, you know, I don't I don't and I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of the people that's that's trying to force my will on God, because I think pop culture does a really good job of conditioning us to act to to force our will on God like we we watch award shows for example we watch award shows where 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 music artists and actors they're getting awards and and some of them will actually get up there and say I, I like to give like to thank God for this award or I like to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and they're thanking him for art and 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 things that don't even represent him like you like like homie you just made an album full of cussing and dr- glorifying drugs and fornication and lust and murder and you're thanking God for that and so i think sometimes because we admire people who are successful in this world that that becomes our standard for success as christians and, and, and we try to take the approach of doing what we want to do and slapping God's name on it, even if it's not in line with what he actually has for us to be doing. And so when I begin to think about how do we understand God's will for our life? The first thing that came to mind is, man, we have to. And this is very important. Learning God's will for our life must start with submitting to God's word plain and simple God's word should be the foundation of our faith not our desires and and I think we all have a tendency to try to force our our will on God at times you know I know I know I've had different many of times where I'm like, man, God, I really want this. Well, I really want that. You know, and, and when I look back, when I look back over my life, you know, I find myself actually thanking God for not giving me the things that I wanted. <laughs> man, I, I actually begin to thank God, man, Thank God for not allowing me to get that or not to end up there or like, thank you, Lord, because I remember like, man, I really wanted that. Like I was trying to convince God why that was for me. And then when I look back at what it it, like time reveals like, man, that wouldn't have ended up good. And so submitting to God's word has to be the foundation of our faith. Our, meaning our faith has to start with God's word, not our desires. I've learned when we're not submitted to God's word, we will try to force our will and our plan for our life to be God's will and plan for our life. I'm reminded of Proverbs chapter 3, and I'm just opening up my Bible saints. <laughs> But Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six. Man, this is this is some good stuff. Listen, I, this show, this is probably, and all the shows are important, but this show is a really important show. And so, even if you're not able to finish the whole thing, I I I, I really want you to go to our website, pathofrevelationnow.com has some great resources for you, but I want you to finish this show. 
Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So in other words, I'm acknowledging him in all of my ways. In other words, I'm surrendering my ways to him. The Bible doesn't say trust in your heart with all of your understanding. It says trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Because in the we, we live in a world that tends to say, hey man, follow your heart. The world says the best thing that you can do is follow your heart. Well, our Bible says that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? And so the Bible never tells us to trust in our heart, but it tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not to lean to our own understanding. That means as you're walking through life, there are going to be things that you don't understand. But the but but the word of God is saying, don't lean to your understanding. There are times where God will purposely leave you in the dark about some things to exercise your faith and your dependence on him. And so as I begin to think about the will of God for my life, I'm reminded of uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11 is pointing out a bunch of people of faith. So let's I'm going to turn let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Yeah, you know, I'm having a little Bible study with you. <laughs> but in Hebrews chapter 11, it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, something that we often overlook when we read this scripture, it says now faith Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Verse two, for by it. The elders obtained a good report for by it. The elders obtained a good report for by it. The elders obtained a good report. Verse three through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by what the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, this is important. Because it says through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. I'm going to I'm going to insert God's plan for your life through faith. We understand that God's plan for your life was framed by the word of God. Ver Let's go back to verse one. Now, faith is the substance. So the substance of your faith has to be the word of God. It is the foundation of our faith. See, when our desires are the foundation of our faith, we end up crashing. Why? Because we're not sovereign. We're not all knowing. We're not the Alpha and Omega. We're not the beginning and the end. But it says by faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And so what I love about this in verse four, it begins to list. It starts off listing the elders and men and women of faith and how God's will and promises for their life was came to pass by faith. Verse four says by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had his test, this testimony that he pleased God. So Enoch didn't even die. God just like he didn't die the, a, a death like you and I will die one day. He was translated into 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 glory because he pleased God because of his faith. Verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's important. So we live in a society because, listen, what I'm noticing, even in, in pop culture, God is actually becoming popular. 
you see all of these brands and clothing lines that say things like, oh, God is cool or God is my homie and God is this God, God over everything, God over, you know, it, we, you know, and some of these brands are actually biblical brands. But but I see brands that that everybody is making God popular. And and so people will begin to say things like, man, you got to have faith. But the faith that we have has to be rooted in something. You can't just have faith for the sake of having faith. That sounds good. But our faith has to be rooted in God, in his word. This is why it says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so we're not just talking about a faith that is reckless or or attacked. Or, or is rooted in anything, but this faith has to be rooted in God. And so if the faith is rooted in God, you can't have your faith rooted in God if it's not rooted in his word. Verse seven, by faith, Noah being warned of who? Of God. So it's letting us know his faith is driven by God. By, and, and I know I'm driving this point, point across I'm doing it because, man, we are in a we are in such a self-centered society. And I believe that a lot of it has made its way into the church. And so even how we read scriptures can sometimes be seen through a self-centered lens, if that makes sense. But verse seven, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as as of things not seen as yet. So he didn't even see see it. He just believed God's word. He moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith, by faith, by faith. Abraham, he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed and went out and not knowing where he was going by faith he journeyed in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with him of the same promise now this is awesome this is like super dope Abraham didn't even know where he was going. He didn't even listen. He didn't even know he was in the land of promise when he got there. Why? Because he was following God's voice. He wasn't he was he was so in tune with God's voice. He didn't even recognize he was in the place of promise. He wasn't trying to 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 forge his own destiny or or trying to forge his own way. He was just following God's word. By faith, by faith, I'm, I'm just following God's word. I'm just following God's plan. And he ended up there. And, and what I notice about all of these people, what you notice about all of them, you notice the same thing. It didn't say, oh, they, they, they woke up and then they began to design their own plan and desires. And then they get, took it to God and said, God, I need you to make this happen. No, they were following God's plan for their life not following their plan for their life. And so how we how we know God's will for our life is we have to submit to his word. We have to submit to his word. And so there this this kind of transitions me to the next 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 phase of this this conversation or this talk. And that is Man, sometimes we can make a mistake and think that because we were operating in our gifts that we're automatically op operating in our purpose. Where, whereas knowing your gifts and talents are only part of walking in your purpose. You can actually be walking in your gifts and not walking in your purpose. And I think it's because we, we, we often can make the mistake of assuming that because we're utilizing our gifts, that that's. And again, I think this happens because we observe pop culture. We look at people who receive fame and notoriety in the world and, and we say, man, they must be walking in their purpose. 
and and so we gauge purpose based off of worldly accolades and success and not whether or not that success is tied to God's word and will and what he applauds and so that's this is why it's important that our minds have to be being renewed by God's word you know what I'm saying it, it has to be renewed by God's word and so we often make the mistake of believing that because people are rich or famous or have notoriety, that they are walking in their purpose. So we often look for the same things to validate us walking in our purpose. And this is why I said we have to define. There's two ways to de to define success. You could define success by how the world defines it or you could define success by how God defines it. And the world says, man, if you're making money and people are screaming your name and you're and you're you're getting awards and you're rich and you're allowing things, man, you're walking in your purpose. That's success to the world. But the Bible says godliness with contentment, godliness, godliness with contentment is great gain. So that is biblical success. And so, number one, how do I understand the will of God? Am I living a godly lifestyle? I, I would submit to you, some of us struggle to hear God's plan and will for our life because we're not killing our flesh. We're not renewing our minds. Uh, first, you know, and this is a scripture that I don't often hear brought up when it comes to this topic, but actually Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. I think this has everything to do with understanding the God's will for your life. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the key part that ye may prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Some of us are struggle to, to, to see and hear God's will for our life because we're not denying ourselves. We're conforming to the distractions around us. We're conforming to the world. We're being influenced by the movies we watch. The, the, the music is that, that, that doesn't glorify God is influencing and blinding our, our eyes and, and, and deafening our ears to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so we can't even, we can't even make sense of what is the will of God for our life because we're distracted. And so understanding the will of God for your life begins with renewing your mind in the word, presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Now, you notice it talks about success begins with godliness. Godliness with contentment is great gain and how the scriptures talks about presenting your body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is so God true success true godly success starts with submitting your life your body to God because it's something how you know I, I've, I've I go as believers I know for me I can feel it when I'm not seeking God the way that I should be I can feel it when I'm not praying the way I should be. You know, it's like my, my doubt is strengthened and my faith is weakened because man, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so when I'm not praying or in my word, like I should, man, my confidence in God isn't where it should be. Prayer and reading God's word produces a sensitivity to his spirit. And it's like when you when you're in the right place of prayer and fasting and reading your word, man, it's like when when certain things come your way, you can just tell like, man, you know what? I know that's not God's will for me. Or, you know what? I feel like God wants me to to wait where I'm at or or, or you can you're you're sensitive to the spirit of God, you're sensitive to the leading of the 
of the Holy Ghost. You know, this is why Jesus, when he ascended, he says, I go away, but I'll leave you a comforter who will lead and guide you into all truth. And so the spirit of God leads us just like when we get in the car and we're following a GPS. We may not understand all of the turns and and, and the, 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 the detours that we may have to take, but we're what we're trusting the GPS. We're trusting the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so back back to my original point, sometimes we can make the mistake of assuming that because we're operating in our gift, that we're operating in our purpose, where you can actually know your gift and not know your purpose. And, and we assume because people are operating in their gifts and they have great fame and success that, hey, man, this person is walking in in their purpose. But but I want to look at Mark chapter eight, verse 36 real quick. And I think this is so dope because I've, I've quoted this scripture and heard this scripture 10 million times, but I've never, I've never viewed it within the context of this topic. And I believe the Holy spirit began to just point out some things as, as, as I begin to meditate on this scripture, but Mark chapter eight, verse 36, Jesus says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world? and lose his own soul. And and what one of the things that I believe the Holy Spirit began to point out to me is that a person that gains the world is a person that is actually using their God-given gifts. A person that get, a person doesn't gain the world or success in the world without use, utilizing their talents. Unless they're just like a trust fund baby and they're just they just inherit wealth in, 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 in a kingdom. But most people who are gaining the world are people who are actually operating in their gifts and talents. But he says they gain the world, but they still lose their soul. They're operating in their gifts and talents, but they still lose their souls. And so this brings about another truth that our purpose isn't defined by our gifts and talents. Because you could be operating in your gift and talent and not in your purpose. And I think this is a mistake that many of us as Christians can make as well. We can we can get our identity so wrapped up in what we do in our in, in our gifts, in our talents, in our brands, that we don't even realize that our identity is in those things and not in Christ. And so if our identity and our purpose isn't defined by our gifts and talents, what is our purpose? Let's look at Colossians chapter one, verse 16 through 17. Man, I love the word of God. It's, it's so clear. Verse 16 says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. So here's the kicker. Drum roll. I don't know what type of drum that is. <laughs> our purpose. What is our purpose? Your purpose is you were created to glorify God. I know. I know it's simple. But you were created to worship and glorify God. It says we were made by him for him, made by him, created by him and for him. And so our purpose begins with glorifying God. Walking in our purpose starts with knowing Jesus and submitting to his word. That's plain and simple. I think sometimes we can overcomplicate things when we start getting our own desires in the way. I think we could complicate things when we we start listening to voices and counsel that isn't submitted to God. And so I think this can also lead to us trying to play both sides of the fence. Because on one end, we want what we want. And on the other end, we're wrestling with what God really wants from us. But all of this begins with worshiping God.
And so you can't truly be walking in your purpose if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because you were created for him. You were created to worship him. You were created to know him. And he died and he shed his blood for our sins. And so there is forgiveness for sins. We don't have to, we, there's nothing that we can do of ourselves to be in right standing with God. It's only by the blood of Jesus are we cleansed from our sins. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says for the wages of sin, Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And that eternal life is through Christ Jesus. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Our purpose begins with submitting and surrendering to Jesus. It's funny how when the Lord say radically saved people, like Paul, for example, in the, in the word, man, he sat down for a while. His, his, his gift was a t as a teacher. His gift was as a, he was a scribe. He was like a chief Pharisee. He was the one persecuting scriptures. He was a, he was a leader and a teacher of the law. And when the Lord radically saved him, he sat down to learn about the God he had just committed himself to. Why? Because his purpose wasn't in his gift. His purpose was found in Christ. And he did. He wanted to make sure that he knew what he was talking about before he just stood up and started talking. I think this is one of the mistakes that the church often makes. People get saved and, and they don't even get time to actually grow in Christ before we're putting a microphone in their hands and putting them on the stage. And so now the church is made up of immature believers in leadership positions because we've matured them in their gifts, but not in the spirit. Man, some of us, it's okay to sit down and get closer to God. It's, it's okay to sit down and grow because your purpose is found in knowing him and glorifying him. Not your gift. Me using my gift is just a byproduct of me. Is a byproduct of an intimacy that's already happening behind closed doors. Me rapping for Jesus is me and me using my gift for him. Is a byproduct of me seeking him when nobody's watching. And so here's my concern for. The church. My concern is that we are raising up leaders or people in leadership positions who know their talents and know their gifts, but don't know God. They know how to go through the go through the motions of getting a crowd reaction. They know how to put emotion and charisma in the right place but they don't have a desire for true intimacy with God in their personal walk. And so my, my concern is that we're, we're elevating and raising up leaders who have ambitions for big stages and big platforms, but very small ambition for the heart of God. They care more about their platforms and opportunities in the world than they do to actually see people truly repent and turn to Christ. And this is why we see many celebrity Christian artists when they get on these mainstream platforms, secular platforms, and, and they're being interviewed. And the interviewers always ask them questions like, hey, is homosexuality a sin? Or how do you feel about drinking or how do you feel about smoking and getting high? How do you feel about 
fornication or adultery? How do you feel about divorce? And it never fails. They give watered down responses. They give non-biblical responses. And I'm not saying that there aren't Christian artists or Christians who have who have gone on these platforms and haven't and 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 not represented. There's some believers who have went on platforms and have preached the gospel and, and were unashamed. But I'm talking about from a majority standpoint, when when many of these what who we consider to be leaders, worship leaders and and leaders within Christendom because of their fame and their notoriety, when they get in these positions to 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 be unashamed about the gospel it always seems or appears as if they put their career and their notoriety before actually standing up and being bold for Jesus and it's often shown when in our inability to call sin sin and so if we're not calling sin willing to cause sin sin what do people need to repent truly repent of and so i'm not trying to condemn anybody listen we all we all need grace and mercy but what i am saying is that i believe we as the church have to do a better job of actually developing people's character and their fruit and not and not be so anxious to put people in positions because of their talent. And I get it. A lot of times we put people, the most talented people in positions of leadership because talent is what fills the seats. It's what it it's what entertains the people. And so I think and I think this is a byproduct of us being influenced by pop culture we want to be entertained all the time we want to we want to feel good we don't want to really die to our die to our flesh or die to our ourselves we want to be entertained we want to have our our will and our desires fulfilled and so entertainment plays a part in church, I think, where we put people before us who will entertain us and, and allow the dopamine to go off in our heads. And so I think we as the church, we we need to be just as adamant at judging and qualifying people's fruit as we are at judging and qualifying their talent. Because some of the most talented people are the most least are the least spiritual people. And I'm just and I'm just speaking from us from from experience of being in church my entire life. I was born in church. <laughs> being in church my whole life, having I'm 34 years old, having served in in, in leadership capacities within the church since the age of 16 and 17 and having worked um as a youth pastor and 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 making disciples and submitting myself to leadership i've seen a lot of things and one of the things that we do so often in the church world is sometimes we give we put people in positions of authority and they're not ready they're not ready and that's hard for us to say that because man this person can sing man this person this person can they have a mouthpiece on them they can preach they're talented but just because you're talented does not mean that you're anointed Talent doesn't equate to the anointing. The Bible says it is the anointing that destroys the yokes. What does this have to do with purpose? See, my purpose is connected to me knowing God. My purpose is connected to me being in 
in fellowship with God, with Jesus Christ, who is the anointed one. And so when I get connected to the anointed one and he becomes Lord of my life, not just someone I talk about during Bible study or on Sunday, but he becomes Lord of my life. He's someone that I I'm, I treasure and I'm seeking after and I'm and I'm striving to be more like. Well, the anointed one will begin to bleed through my gift. And his power will begin to take over my abilities. And now I'm not just singing. I'm not just rapping. I'm not just teaching or preaching. But now the anointing is on my gift. And now when I when I sing or when I rap or when I begin to preach. Chains begin to fall off of people, not because of me, but because of his power. Being on my gift. And that flows from purpose that flows from relationship that flows from submission and I'm not saying that God can't use people who aren't where they should be as it relates to their walk with God. But I'm speaking from a consistent, a consistency and a consistent basis. God can use whoever he wants. And I think that's something that we have to be careful of, too. Some of us think that because God is using us. That we're walking in our purpose or we think because God is using us that we're in right standing with God. But let me remind you of Matthew chapter seven. And this is this is serious. This is this is all this is still all about purpose. I'm just talking about the things that we usually connect to our purpose because I believe that you know your gift is a part of your purpose again and I'm just reiterating some things I believe your gift is a part of your purpose but I think we mess up when we make our gift the foundational aspect of our purpose and not our relationship with God but Matthew 7 talks about um, starting at verse okay let me find it Okay, Matthew chapter seven, verse 21, because some of us think that because we're we're singing and this is why it's dangerous to think what you do for God is a replacement for your relationship with God. It's not. Listen, what I do for God should flow from my relationship with God. It should it's not meant to be a replacement for it. And so some of us think that. We're in the will of God or we're walking in our purpose because God is using our gifts. But Matthew chapter seven, verse 21, Jesus says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in your name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them. This is crazy. I will profess to them. I never knew you depart from me. ye that work iniquity depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So in other words, these people are actually being used by God. They're prophesying in his name. They're casting out devils. They're operating in their talents and their gifts. But they don't have a lifestyle. They're, they're on one minute. They're doing the work of the Lord, but in their lifestyle, they're living for the devil. They don't have a true relationship. They're working iniquity in their life. And so Jesus is like, you did all of these things in my name, but I never knew you. And so, church, we have to get right. Man, we got to get right with God. This is not a game. And so I want to encourage you, if you have any questions about 
anything you've heard today, man, I want you to hit me up because my goal is to help people know God and to help edify the church. And so if you have any questions about your purpose or anything like that, I want you to write in. I want you to go to our website, pathofrevelationnow.com, pathofrevelationnow.com, and you can go to our website and you can leave me a message. I most definitely want to hear from you guys, man. It's no, Listen, most of the topics, if not all of the topics that you will hear, you will hear addressed on the Path of Revelation show are meant to spark dialogue. And so I want to be a part of the dialogue. I don't want to just be coming on the radio and telling my what, what I believe and, and things of that nature. But I think dialogue is how we grow. Fellowship and dialogue is how we grow in the Lord. But I want to jump into the featured song for this episode, which is our song, Committed, featuring Marcus Shetfield. It's from our latest album, Everything Changes, which is available on all digital outlets. Let's get into it. Suffering was the only hope, and he did it. And he gave a love that will last more than a lifetime. Forever. It's distributed to me, kinda like that right pipeline. Now I gotta wait for 10 years. Every year we make it, just another chip. Every year we take it to another gear. It's only by grace we can stand here. No shame, I'm a vessel, he the engineer. He in control, ain't trying to interfere. My love fails, his always persevere. I learned a love from his heart right to my ear. Got a son and a daughter, you touch him, you're gonna get slaughtered. Okay, okay. You thinking I'm about to head to the Heavenly Father? Woo! Hey. As much as I love him, God's love is a hundred times greater. Yeah! Woo. So I'm staying in prayer so I can just mimic the Savior. That's right, that's right, that's right. I'm the king of the household, but titles don't mean much. Uh-huh. If I see his kingdom come, uh-huh. that'll hit me, listen, plenty. Yeah! My wife be kids are banking on me. That's real. To live this life outside the walls of the sanctuary. Picture his kingdom submitted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want you guys to go to our website, pathofrevelationnow.com. I want you to leave your prayer requests. I want you to ask questions about things that you hear on the show. Also, I want to hear some suggestions and some topics of some topics you would like to hear discussed on future shows. But listen, this is 
a resource for you to help you effectively navigate through pop culture as a Christian. I want to hear from you guys. You know, I'm good for responding. I think dialogue is what we need in the body of Christ, along with prayer and fasting and reading of the word. I believe we grow when we strive to think critically through the word of God with submitted hearts. But listen, I'm, I want to pray with you guys before I get out of here. Lord God, I just thank you, Lord, for for this show. God, I thank you for every listener under the sound of my voice. God, I don't take for granted the opportunity and the platform to be able to share of your word and your good news with with these listeners, Father. God, I just pray, God, that your word would resonate in their hearts and in their lives, God, that they would surrender their hearts if they don't know you and that they would come into faith and and knowledge of, of you, Father God. God, I pray, God, that your presence and your spirit will become evident in their life, God, that you would be, begin to change everything about them. God, that you would show yourself strong and reveal yourself like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, God, I pray, God, that you that your anointing that destroys the yokes be evident in their lives. In Jesus mighty name, we pray. Amen. Listen, you've been listening to the Path of Revelation show. Again, I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. 